1: this is the wealth ability show with tom wheelwright way more money way less taxes
0: welcome to the wealth ability show where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less taxes Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. So, artificial intelligence is big in the news right now. People are worried about it. Uh, People like Elon Musk have warned about it. Bill Gates has warned about it. And I have to wonder is this a huge something to fear or is this something to embrace? Is this something that we can use in our business? Is this something that we need to, um, that, you know, our jobs are going to go away? Exactly, where is AI going to take business and investing into the future? And today we have a very special guest, um, Martin Ford, who's one of the absolute uh, worldwide experts on artificial intelligence, just uh, released a book, Rule of the Robots. And Martin, it is absolutely an honor and a privilege to have you on our show. Well, thank you very much for having me. So if you don't mind, uh, just give us a little of your background and how you got into the artificial intelligence space. Okay, um, my background was in computer
1: engineering and I worked um, as an engineer doing both hardware and, and and software design for many years. I ran a small software company, um, but around you know 10 years ago or so I began to notice even in my, my own business that I was running, the impact that, that these technologies were having And in particular, I became interested in the potential impact on the workforce, on the potential for a lot of jobs to be automated. And that's when I wrote my first book on this subject. Uh, And I've written now four books, one of which is, is comprised of interviews with some of the top people in the field. But basically, all the books focus on artificial intelligence and robotics and its impact on society and on the economy. And that's sort of the area that that I've kind of focused on, Um, and that, of course, has brought me to this point where I've just released Rule of the Robots, How Artificial Intelligence Will Transform Everything, which is my my most recent book.
0: This is a fascinating topic to me. Uh, You know, you talk about jobs being eliminated, and I'm a CPA, and I look at and I want to talk about in a little bit about how blockchain and AI might work together, because I think I think blockchain also has the same potential impact um, on um, jobs. And so, what what do you see coming? I mean, it, just in a general feeling, is this something that is is going to be so disrupt society that? There there just aren't going to be jobs, there aren't going to be many jobs, or will it be like most transformational technologies, where it just changes the type of jobs we do? Well, I I think it's going to do both
1: of those things. Um, I'm certainly not arguing that AI is going to completely disrupt everything and everyone is going to be out of a job, at least not any time, you know, in the foreseeable future. But really, the central thesis of my book is that AI is going to be almost like electricity in the sense that it's going to be everywhere. It's going to touch everything. It's going to transform everything. Uh, And it's not it's certainly not all negative. I mean, we tend to focus on on the challenges that come with it, but there are going to be enormous positive impacts as well and opportunities associated with artificial intelligence. I think that. Um, in fact, it's going to be a technology that's indispensable to us in terms of meeting a lot of the challenges that we face. It's going to you know, jumpstart innovation, scientific research, medical research, areas like this are going to get a huge boost from AI. But at the same time, it's going to have a very real impact on the job market, and it comes coupled with other concerns as well. well so it's well, something that we need to embrace, but also be have open eyes about about the impact and, and adjust to those impacts.
0: So, so when you think about how, how it impacts uh, the job market and how many workers are needed necessarily, where, where do you see the biggest impacts? In other words, where do you see where, uh, for example, in blockchain, I look at blockchain I'm going, we're not going to have bookkeepers in five years. I, I, I seriously don't think we'll need bookkeepers because blockchain will take care of that. Where do you see AI having the biggest impact in what sectors of the economy?
1: Right. It, it, it's not so much about sectors of the economy as, as it is the nature of the work. So got it. the kinds of jobs that are going to be susceptible to automation within the relatively near future are those jobs that are fundamentally predictable, right? Where you, if you've got some kind of a job where you come to work and you're facing the same types of challenges again and again, not necessarily, you know, rote repetitive, like standing on an assembly line, but just, just, repetitive in the sense that you're leaving a trail of data that encapsulates what you're doing in that job. And eventually a machine learning algorithm might come along and and analyze that data and figure out how to do that job. And it's really important to note that it doesn't matter whether it's a blue collar job, working in a fast food restaurant, working in an Amazon warehouse. Um, Those are the kinds of jobs that we tend to associate with automation, but in many cases, it's even easier to automate the white-collar job, which is, you know, you mentioned bookkeepers or really anyone doing a, a repetitive quantitative analysis, even cranking out the same report again and again, even if it involves writing. Um, we've now got AI systems that are becoming very, very good at, at, at writing. And, uh, you know, those systems are, for example, deployed by some of the largest media companies that They're essentially automating journalism in some areas and you you will read those and you won't be able to tell that it was written by a machine rather than a person. So uh, it's gonna be an extraordinarily powerful technology that I think is gonna impact virtually every sector of of the economy. And that's what makes it different from the kinds of disruptions that we've seen in the past, right? I mean, you you will hear people say, for example, that well, agriculture mechanized, right? And we lost millions of jobs in agriculture, which is true. And it didn't create, you know, unemployment throughout the economy, right? And the reason, of course, is that there was then a rising manufacturing sector which absorbed those workers. And later on, there was a rising service sector, which, which absorbed, absorbed workers. But this time around, what we're really gonna see is an across the board impact. I mean, there, there isn't any sector, any industry, any part of the economy that's not gonna be touched by artificial intelligence. So I I, I do think that we're probably gonna see a an unprecedented
0: scenario at some point
1: within the next decade or
0: two. So there's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence and AI. Could you break it down and really just kind of walk through so that the average, and if you were to describe this to a six-year-old, okay, how would you describe AI and what does AI, basically, what does it do with data? What, what is it that allows it to so, uh, you know, effectively learn?
1: Right. So artificial intelligence is, is, you know quite simply what it, what it sounds like. It is a machine taking on capabilities, solving problems, doing the kind of quote thinking that a human mind might do, except that the technologies that we currently have are extremely narrow. I mean, machines can, in a sense, take on intellectual tasks. They can think, and most most importantly, they can learn, but in a very very narrow way and very narrow domains. We don't have anything that yet comes close to the kind of broad based general intelligence that a person has, or even your, your dog or your cat has, I mean that 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 in itself is a form of general intelligence as well machines are much more narrowly focused in that they do very specific things they can learn to do specific things for example to recognize faces right facial recognition. Right to translate languages, we, we've got systems that can do that. And in many cases, they are superhuman within that extremely narrow domain, because uh, uh, they're fast. <laughs> a, machine, a machine learning system has the ability to look at incomprehensible amounts of data, right? right. More data than any human being could ever begin to, to sift through, to, you know, let alone to assimilate. And based on that, it can learn and become extraordinary, you know, extraordinarily proficient at doing very narrow things. Um, and that's where it's being leveraged. So it's being, you know, these systems are, because they have access to so much data and so much compute power, can learn to make predictions and so forth and, and analyze things in ways that human beings um, would not be able to do. And that's where the power is coming from.
0: Where do you see it from, um, I mean, let's take business, for example, okay? Because a lot of, a lot of our listeners are business owners. Where do you see that kind of an application in a business setting? Where, where, where are businesses going to be able to actually, um, business owners going to be able to do things that they can't do right now?
1: Well, it depends on the kind of business and the size of the business. At, at the moment, you know, the, the businesses that are leveraging the most tend to be the larger businesses right? that have access to lots of data. So it might be operational data coming from machines used by the business in a factory. And you can use artificial intelligence to analyze that and to improve operations. For example, Google uses artificial intelligence to manage the power usage within its cloud computing facilities, because these are massive facilities with lots of data. You can you know, do the same thing with financial data and so forth. So uh, the, the businesses that are best positioned to use this right now tend to be those that have
0: some scale and lots of data. Do, do, um, you, think it'll, do you think it'll give us some predictive ability? So do you, do you think you, you, it, it will actually be able to assimilate data and be able to predict what, you know, what we ought to be doing in the future? Or do you think that will still need humans for that?
1: No, I mean, definitely prediction is one of the things that, that AI is best at, but again, within narrow domain, domains, right? Not, not, not s- sitting back and thinking holistically about the whole future of the world, but prediction, making very, very specific predictions. So for example, In the field of law there are already systems that are beginning to do what previously only very experienced lawyers could do for example look at a court case and decide what's the likelihood Mm -hmm. this case is going to be appealed in the future what's the likelihood that that it will be overruled uh what's the likelihood that, that a particular legal contract might be breached in the future and so forth and it's able to do that by looking at you know vast amounts of data of similar cases that, you know, that have h- unfolded in the past. So in these kinds of applications, we're already seeing um, a gimmick, big impact. Now, of course, on, you know, we're, you're talking about Wall Street on, on you know, in investing. Um, you know, the big hedge funds have already got AI systems that are constantly looking at market data and, and predicting and even trading autonomously right on that data. Right. So it's, it's definitely being leveraged um, in important
0: ways. So what are you most concerned about when it comes to, you know, the rise, the rule of the robots? What, what causes you the biggest concern? Well,
1: the, the, the concern that I've been most focused on is the potential for a lot of jobs to disappear. And, and, uh, you know, as I said before, it's, we're primarily focusing on those kinds of jobs that are predictable, where, where someone is doing the same kinds of things again and again, but that kind of work probably is, is half of the workforce, right? And, you know, most at least half of the people in our workforce probably come to work and they do things that, right. you know, for the most part are, are predictable in this sense. So it's a potentially a huge impact. You're talking about tens of millions of jobs just in the United States. And this is something that I think is going to unfold over the next decade or two. And, you know, it's going to put enormous pressure on, on our workforce uh, because, you know, some people will adapt to this. They will They will be able to transition into areas that are not susceptible to automation. And that generally would be things like creative jobs, you know, things where you're really thinking outside of the box, building something new. Or it might be jobs that really require lots of interaction with other people, you know, building complex relationships with people. Again, this is something that machines are beginning to do, but it will be a long time before they can do that. And then a third area that's relatively safe are skilled trade-type jobs like electricians, plumbers, that require lots of mobility and dexterity and unpredictable environments because we, we can't build a robot that can do that kind of job. That's still science fiction. So th- there are areas that are going to be relatively safe, but I think it's going to be very difficult for the huge number of impacted people to necessarily transition into those jobs. So, 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 are, are so, so let
0: me ask you this question. If you are a 16-year-old, right now what area would you want to be going into to make sure that you are in a job of the future given where ai is going
1: right i mean i think one of the most important things is to is to focus on something that you genuinely are passionate about that you enjoy because that's going to improve the chances that you're going to be very good at it because right. we, i mean what we're going to see you know it's not just about occupations being impacted it's about the jobs within occupations i mean in the future there will still be accountants But a lot of the accounting work and the bookkeeping work, as you've mentioned, is going to disappear. But there still will be roles for people in that occupation, in that that profession, that are doing more creative things, that are working with clients, that are building relationships and so forth. Those are the kinds of jobs that are going to be safe. But if you're the person that is just sitting in front of a computer, doing routine articulation of data, um, and that's it, then you're definitely going to be. You you know you're you're going to be vulnerable to automation in a relatively near future. And, and you, you mentioned avoid that kind of thing.
0: You mentioned something earlier about uh, the the legal profession and research. I mean, a, a computer presumably can read all the court cases, right? We go in and do research on court cases, and we'll catch whatever. Basically, we're using computers now to help us do that research, but we're still, but we can't assimilate all of it and. As I under, what I heard you saying is, well, look, the computer can assim, assimilate so much information that can actually come up with the uh, amount of information and tell you, okay, here's what's going to happen, and here's the possible um, conclusion of this case. Right.
1: Exactly. So if if you want to be a lawyer, if you're a young person, you, you're thinking you would like to be a lawyer, you want to position yourself so you're working in a courtroom, you know, doing something mm-hmm. dynamic, arguing cases coming up with new legal strategies or or working directly with clients to build relationships you really don't want to position yourself so you're going to be the person sitting in front of a computer or used to be in the law library right researching case law or or analyzing the details of contracts and never really talking to people just just working with information because that's the kind of thing that is almost certainly going to be automated so you want to you know stay away from that kind of Focus and make sure that whatever occupation you're going into, whether it's law or accounting or business consulting or whatever, that you're focused on really the interpersonal aspects of it, the networking aspects of it, uh, the creative aspects of it, and so forth. Because these are the areas that, at least for the foreseeable future, is going to be a
0: lot harder to automate. Well, you're, you're speaking my language. I've been telling accountants this for years, that uh, they're, <laughs> they're in uh, grave danger. Of uh, losing 80% of what they do, um, and that we need to start talking about looking at more creative things to do and being at. But what I see from AI, and and I'd like your take on AI as it combines with blockchain, because blockchain is the, as I see, is really the audit mechanism to make sure things are accurate. And um, when you when you combine those two together, um, what do you see will be the what kind of tools do you think we're going to have? in the business uh, environment in the future?
1: Well, I mean, it's hard to predict that, but what I would say is that the nature of of the blockchain, of course, is to make everything online, right? To, to, you know, put everything in a format where it's gonna be accessible to artificial intelligence. So it will be easier for AI to interface with that kind of a system than when you have things, you know, in many different formats and many different area so uh, this is a little bit like what you see in china now not not specifically with blockchain but they have been kind of a first first mover in mobile payments so all the transactions Mm -hmm. that in many cases here in the west are actually offline are are in most cases online there and there's data associated with those transactions Mm -hmm. and that makes it much more accessible to artificial intelligence and this is one of the the reasons that china is is such a strong competitor with us that they have some advantages in terms of access to just vast amounts of data that can then be leveraged by these algorithms.
0: Do you you see it uh, giving, um, for example, business owners, you know, tools where uh, before they might have to spend even hundreds of thousands of dollars on consultants to give them data that now it will be at their fingertips, and they'll be able to, and they'll they'll have an analysis tool. And then the account, can, for example, could come in and analyze and say, "Okay, now here's what you can do next with it." Or do you think we'll actually go beyond that? Where it will actually tell the business owner what they should do next?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think both of those are possible. And I think one thing, you know, as I said earlier, right now what you see is that the primary beneficiaries of this technology are large companies because they have lots of data and they also have the expertise to take advantage of it. But that is going to change for sure. The tools are going to become much more accessible. Already there are many artificial intelligence applications available in cloud computing, right? And most businesses, right. even smaller businesses are, are are leveraging that. And those tools are going to get better and easier to use. So they'll deliver all kinds of capabilities, potential to automate work within your business, to automate a lot of these these issues, to, to use these tools to make predictions, to analyze the data that you have and so forth. So I think it will be actually a boon to, to small businesses as well, eventually to make them more efficient, to um, offer them more capability. Um, so it is very important for every, you know, every business owner, every level to be familiar with this technology because I think within the next decade, as I said, it's gonna be like electricity, right? And, and in the same right. sense, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't run a business that wasn't connected to the electrical grid, right? That would be you know, suicidal. Right in the same way you're going to have to utilize the the ai resources that are out there and they will become much more accessible and much more affordable and and you know easier to to deploy
0: hey if you like financial education the way i do you're going to love buck joffrey's podcast buck's a friend of mine he's a client of mine he's a former board certified surgeon and he's turned into a real estate professional so he has this podcast that is geared towards high-paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high-paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you joined Buck on this adventure of a lifetime. So if you were to give people two or three ideas of things they ought to be looking for, things that they could be doing, first, of course, I would suggest they read your book Um, and your books really, because I think you do have to understand what does this technology do, but what are two or three really practical things that people could do to learn about artificial intelligence and actually make use of it in their lives in a positive way?
1: Right. I mean, I think there are lots of resources online besides my book. You can look at my Twitter feed, M Forward Future. And I'm also, you know, often tweeting, you know, the latest articles about AI and, and things like that. If you're interested in going further than that, there are online courses available for free. You can actually learn about the technology if you want to delve into the details. I'm not sure it's necessary for most people to go that far, but you definitely should keep up with it, you know, understand uh, the latest news in AI and how it's moving. And also the issues that we all need to. Be focused on i've talked a lot about the potential for jobs to be automated and and you know everyone needs to position themselves within their career i think to to make sure that they're well adapted to that and then there are also a lot of other issues as well that are important that i that i also discuss in the book issues around privacy around the use of facial recognition bias and algorithms you know we've seen you know there are companies using algorithms to screen resumes, for example, that have been biased on the basis of race or gender, things like this are you know, really important issues for all of us both within individual businesses and as, and as society as a whole. So I think as good citizens, we definitely need to be aware of these issues as well because it's something that, that we're all gonna need to have a sort of a, a, a conversation. You know, As a society, we're gonna need to make trade-offs, for example, about facial recognition do we want cameras everywhere you know watching us able to identify us if if we have that it might reduce crime it might reduce the possibility of terrorism but it would mean giving up a lot of privacy so that that's the kind of thing that we all need to have a conversation about and in order to to engage in that you really need to understand something about the technology so i do think it's really important for everyone to to sort of come up to speed
0: Thank you. So I have one final question. This is a a rather um, specialized question, but I I, I think you'll be able to address it. Um, In the most recent, um, this this budget reconciliation bill, there was a proposal for the government, um, for the IRS specifically, to get data from banks um, on basically everybody's bank account. And my question is, how do you think the IRS would could use could use that? Not how they would use it, but how could they use it? How could they actually? They say they're you know they're thinking about well, it could raise like six hundred billion dollars. I'm going outside of you know asking the accountants to you know kind of feed it back to them. Do you see that as something that really is a viable use for the the um, uh, either the states or the 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 federal government to use from a tax policy standpoint?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are definitely possibilities there. And I, I'm not sure to what extent, you know, in that bill, they were proposing that the government would have direct access to data. I mean, I I think it was, it was something like the banks would have to report transactions, transactions. more than $10,000 or something, you know, in order to, you know, find people receiving income that they weren't reporting. But it, theoretically, if the government really had access to you know all the transaction data and so forth of course they could they could use that i mean one one of the most important areas where you see ai machine learning used right now is in fraud detection right companies like you know visa paypal they have right. algorithms running constantly analyzing data to detect fraud right it basically it's a pattern recognition problem where you're looking for something unusual right something that, that right. indicates fraud so you can imagine the government doing something like that if they had access to all the data or you'd have algorithms running, constantly looking for tax avoidance, right? Or, or you know, any, anything criminal. Yeah, which, so uh, I'll I give you uh, an a, example a scary so, scenario for-, for
0: So, so New mean. York state um, actually uses, um, when they look at a convenience store, they look at how many lottery tickets they bought, were, were bought to determine how much income they should be reporting. How much right. from a sales tax standpoint. Right. So how much, how many, what's their grocery seats outside of the lottery tickets? And and they've they, they've been able to analyze that kind of data and they actually do go after the convenience stores that are, you know, taking cash under the table, not reporting their income. So I, I found that to be fascinating. That's been, they've been doing that for several years. So you see right. that accelerating.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I would imagine that the IRS probably already uses machine learning algorithms on the data that they, they get from tax returns right because you could, right. you could look at the tax returns and find unusual things patterns right and, and you know flag flag returns for sure for audit you know if they, yeah, and they've been
0: doing that for years
1: yeah they um and certainly these technologies will make that a lot more efficient than than you know what they did in the past
0: you know elon musk and bill gates particularly talk about the moral standpoint of ai and it's interesting to have elon musk talk about it because he uses ai so much um, in his uh in his cars right so wh- what do you think should be the what sh- what should it be the restrictions on it what should it be used for what shouldn't it be used for
1: well i think ai definitely needs to be regulated in terms of specific applications right so if it's being used in medicine of course then you know the fda will probably regulate it if it's used right. in self-driving cars then the Department of Transportation will be there to, to regulate it. Uh, but there are other areas where it's sort of falling through the cracks. Like I mentioned, that it's, you know, you've had systems that screen resumes that could be biased. Right. There are even instances where um, systems are used in the court systems, in the criminal court systems, and they've been shown to be biased. And there's no agency to regulate that. So I actually think that in the future, we may need a specific agency, something like the FDA or the SEC specifically geared toward regulating applications of artificial intelligence um, in these areas where it's very high stakes. But that doesn't mean I would I would say we want to regulate the technology itself or research into it because I think again this is an indispensable technology that we're going to need in, in order to solve problems like climate change, right? Because we need a lot of innovation in many areas to, right. to solve these problems. We definitely don't want to you know slow the advances down. Because we need that innovation and because that would definitely also put us at a disadvantage, for example, to China, right, which is, you know, we're,
0: we're really in a race. Um, right. I all use, all already uses facial recognition everywhere. So.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So, you know, yeah. we,
0: need, we need to
1: regulate the specific applications of AI where, where concerns have arisen, but um, we definitely need to embrace the technology itself. Um, and at the same time, we need to find ways to adapt to the impact it's going to have on the job market. Awesome. Well,
0: thank you, uh, Martin Ford. The book is Rule of the Robots, How Artificial Intelligence Will Transform Everything. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, big fan of yours, Martin. And thank you so much. Again, uh, t- if I got it right, mfordfuture.com?
1: Yeah, .com and also on Twitter, mfordfuture.
0: Awesome. And thank you so much. And everybody remember that. We, we really have to stay ahead on this technology because this is either going to be the worst thing in the world for us and put us out of work or it's going to be the best thing in the world for us. And when we, when we actually take the advantages that this is going to produce for us, we're going to make way more money and pay way less tax. see you next time.
1: You've been listening to the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com.